Hello and welcome to the first installment of The Fighters Club, a podcast brought to you by Lindy Brock and Daniel Gruden. Um, this will be the first part to a two-part series. Uh, we'll be talking about infertility with the lovely and amazing Miss Des- Mrs. Desiree Garcia. Um, and definitely stay tuned throughout the series. Um, we have some great topics to talk about and then we will follow up with um, a conversation about adoption. So um, be sure to check in, stay tuned, follow up with us, and uh, follow Desiree as she talks about her journey through this process. Um, But that being said, let us begin. Hello via the phone. Hello. Yay. Yay. It's like you're in the room with us now. We'll just get a cardboard cutout of you for our next podcast. We'll, like, attach the phone, phone to the back to it. of it so, like, the mouth's open and we just hear voice coming. Amazing. I mean, it's the, I little, like it. it's the little things that count in life. Um, okay, cool. So, sorry about all that. That's all right. Um, okay, so do you kind of want to tell us about your process as far as how it came to be, what initially happened, um kind of your journey from start to end. Um, Obviously, um, we'll make the second part of your journey another another podcast because that's a story all in its own. But as far as fertility, can you kind of walk us through what happened, how you found out, all those things? Yeah, so I have um, PCOS, um, polycystic ovarian syndrome. I found out about a year and a half into trying to get pregnant and I didn't really fit the mold for PCOS so it was never considered before Um, normally you have excess body hair and you're overweight and um, so a doctor wouldn't look at me and say you have PCOS so what what PCOS is is your your hormones are completely unregulated. So my testosterone overproduces like tenfold, and then it's a chain reaction of my hormones triggering the other hormone to overproduce. Wow! And and in turn, this causes super high blood pressure, um, super high blood sugar. And then um, the blood sugar doesn't just stay high. It goes high, low, high, low. And, and in turn, that triggers hormones. So it's a, it's a double-edged short all the way around. So wow. not, our, not only, like, <clears throat> are you hangry, but you're oh, also yeah. an emotional, like, you're on an emotional roller coaster. Oh, yeah, I'm a total crazy person. Okay. Yeah, totally. Which, and just so like we know, Des is like this petite, skinny, blonde, hairless woman. <laughs> like, so, so it's like very strange anyway that you Right. Know this. So it makes sense that your doctors didn't really look at you and say, oh, you could potentially have this. And even the, the fertility experts later on in my journey would say, I think that you've been misdiagnosed. And then they would get my blood tests. They'd be like, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, no, it's real. <laughs> I also have ectopic pregnancy. Preg- 
pregnancies. So um, I had a I had a pregnancy lodge in my left fallopian t- about five years ago, and uh, it ruptured. Oh wow! And I was bleeding internally and nearly died. Had to go in and have emergency surgery. So I'm missing a fallopian too. Oh wow! And that is just a total mystery. What did you kind of go through? With that ectopic, it was emotional. It was really emotional. Um, mostly, I feel like because I lost a body part. Right. right. And I had to go through all of that, and the, the blood loss. It it kept me down for like six months. Wow. Oh, wow. Where wow. I would go to like run and I would just fall on my knees. I would go to take a hike and I would get halfway up and have to turn and walk back down. I, I just couldn't, couldn't do it. At that point, it wasn't so much the loss of the pregnancy because I hadn't really started my journey yet. Right. Right. It was kind of unexpected at that point, if I remember correctly. It definitely was. Yeah. So so then the doctors would say, oh, you can get pregnant. So we don't foresee this being an issue for you. This is just an anomaly. Yeah. But it wasn't. Then we decided, let's start trying. Being diagnosed with PCOS actually was like a powerful feeling because this like ugly infertility monster had a face. Right, right. And it was something I could fight. Right. And it, it seemed like, oh, well that's like easy. Right. I can, I can fight that and I can take this drug and I can take these 15 pills a day and I'm going to be pregnant. Right. And that didn't happen. And just wow. to just to provide some context, like, Desi, at this point, you and Joel had been married for, was it four years? At this time, yeah, like three and a half, almost four years. And they are the cutest couple in the world. They're, like, this indie, cute, like, awesome, like love at first sight like uh, a ridiculous know. couple <laughs> totally totally <laughs> like best friend at couple the, at this point I would say we were pretty damn near perfect yeah you guys <laughs> yeah. are like what everyone aspires to be like movie scene type like amazing like I just remember your wedding and being like what is this <laughs> like this is so incredible um yeah it was pretty so, deep yeah you guys you guys are just the, the best and so <laughs> Just to provide some context, uh, this was later in your marriage that you guys had started to try and had started this journey. Yeah, we we just wanted to explore the world and have so much fun together. And really, he's so amazing that I just wanted to have this mini Joel. (laughs) I, I needed to just create more of this man. Yeah. Just... For, for the sake of the world. <laughs> Which I'm sure so I feels the exact same way about Another, you. like, really hard part of the journey because I was obsessed with creating another Joel. Right. And he deserved that. 
so to not be able to give that to him was really difficult. So you had the the ectopic pregnancy, and then you decided you were going to try to have kids, and then what what happened next? So um, after PCOS, I started a drug called Clomid, and I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. I have. I but can't it's remember. Pretty gnarly. I feel like my sister has had maybe someone that she. I don't know. Can, I feel what, like I've heard of it. Can what is it? Sounds it exactly? familiar, but what is it exactly? So, so if you talk to any woman who's been on Clomid, they'll tell you it's just otherworldly. It's really hard on your body. You only have to take four pills a month. But those four pills stay in your system for the entire month. Oh, wow. And you you can only do it for up to five months because the side effects are so great that it just increases your cancer risk. So you can't be on it after that. And what does it do exactly? What is the purpose of it? It's just supposed to make you just like drop eggs left and right. Oh, geez. So your chance of multiples drastically increases. So then, but I was like, bring it. Yeah, like, <laughs> give me whatever you got. I'll take it. Yeah. Let's do this. I'm yeah. in it. I'm in it to win it. Let's what are the side effects? So I remember distinctly, it was Easter years and years ago, and I'm making dinner, and Joel puts his hand in the candy bag as I'm putting like his dinner on the plate, and for some reason that really pissed me off. And I just turned and looked at him, and I didn't say anything. And he was just like, holy crap, babe, you're crazy. He's like, the look on your face right now is like the exorcist. And that, and that in a nutshell, was five months of my life. I felt like the exorcist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like so my head was going to spin off. Yeah, it was... It was intense. So you were already prior experiencing, due to your condition, this, like, roller coaster of emotions and, like, oh, just yeah. this imbalance. And then you're on this, and you just feel completely out of control and, like, not yourself. It was so out of control. And I felt, like, the best way to describe it, like I was a puppet on strings. Uh. And somebody was behind me pulling the string that controlled my spine. Oh my gosh. And I felt like my limbs were like stuck back. And I had to like actually sometimes grab my arms and put them where I wanted them. It yeah. was not a good drug. Right. <laughs> not not good at all. <laughs> Sounds like it was a rough ride. It really was. So did it, it really help? Was. Did it did you get pregnant then on I on did not. Oh wow. I did not, no. So I went through all of that nothing happened and I just was thinking I'm super type a I get everything I want <laughs> so I can figure this out doesn't so I got online <laughs> hours 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 I talked to fellow sufferers um, experts I paid to be on doctor websites where they could answer my questions but oh no one gosh. did I called endocrinologists that might be covered by my insurance, just begged, please take me on as a patient. And they're like, you're just trying to get pregnant. You're not dying. Right. We're not going to take you on. But to you, it felt like 
you... I felt like I was dying. Right. Because the yeah, one thing then, that you wanted at this point, you... For sure. Didn't yeah. know how to get it. You didn't know, like, yeah. why it wasn't happening. Like, you've tried all of the things and nothing's coming, of, coming to fruition at this point. No one's yeah. taking your want seriously. Well, and I feel like... Did Nobody. You, did you feel like because you only had five months that you had to just do whatever you could within that window or am I, am I maybe misunderstanding how the drug works? Did you so, feel like kind of so in those five months, it was mostly just about the Clomid, but definitely it was also about like the math. When am I ovulating? Oh Taking all the, you know, the, the smiley face stick tests <laughs> to see, you know, when the egg's dropping Yeah. and being like, come on <laughs> right now. <laughs> Does it become just, like, so mechanical? Like, I grew up on a farm where you, like, you know, like, breed animals and stuff. Did you feel mechanical in that sense of, like, we are having a kid, we're, like, getting very, like, scientific about this instead of being... Oh, very. Like, you had said you had been this, like, incredibly romantic couple. Oh, yeah. It, It just completely changed our relationship where he would just look at me with these, like, scared eyes. Like, oh, my gosh. You're losing your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever feel like you, like, I don't know. I think it's so fascinating. Did you ever feel like you wanted it just to say that you had, I mean, obviously you want kids, like you want kids in a general sense, but if someone had been like, Hey, you're not going to have kids for five years. Would you have been like, okay, that's fine. Or would you have been like, I want it now because I've put in the effort. I know how, I know there's a solution. Like was it, did it ever become kind of like trying to find the solution to just solve the problem because you are kind of like yeah. you said, type A? Yeah, definitely. And you kind of I, like lost sight of like what even having a kid would Oh, like? that, that's exactly right. It became an obsession with pregnancy. And I completely lost sight of what comes after pregnancy. That or is- just what being a parent was. I just, I wanted to be pregnant. Um, everybody knows someone who struggles with infertility, but actually statistically only 10% of couples struggle with fertility. Wow. So only 10% of people out there know how I feel. Which isn't a lot. No. It's not. And I feel like, especially with, I mean, in Idaho where everybody's, you know, getting married, having babies, like it would be so difficult to... Yeah. Well, and you think it about... It was interesting. Of, like, you think about the levels of fertility, too. Like, you can have, like, one miscarriage, and that can be classified as, like, a fertility issue. But then you can have, like, yeah. two years of trying to have a kid. Right. Yeah. But the average couple only takes four months to conceive. Wow. Oh, wow. And this has been... Yeah, we're, like, almost four years. Right. So, it, what, yeah. so how long had you been trying when you took the Clomid? So, when I took the Clomid... I was a year and a half into, like, active trying. Wow. Where I was doing the math. I was going to make it happen. You know, and at this point, everybody that I started trying with, you know, I have, you know, friends all over. They all, every single one of them, um, has had a kid by now. So we started together. I went with them through their whole pregnancy. You know, and now at this point... They have, like, you know, a seven-month-old. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it, that that was a whole struggle in its own, too. Right. I met your baby shower. Yeah. I'm so happy. 
<laughs> but really, you're like, why? Right. Why? Really, why? I want to, like, poke why? my eyes out. Right. <laughs> so after you had gone through the round with Clomid, what were next steps for you and Joel? Like, so next steps were researching other ways. I wanted to make this happen. And there's only one fertility clinic in all of Idaho. Oh, my gosh. And getting into them is very hard. Oh, my gosh. So I would call and book a consultation, which was four months out, to even talk to someone, which, by the way, is $300. Wow. Just to have a chat. So I would book the appointment, and then I would be just for sure that I found my next calling, the thing I was going to try next. And I would call and cancel that appointment. So then the PCOS diet came along. Oh, my. So at this point, I'm taking about 15 herbal supplements a day. (laughs) I'm like an old lady. I have the little, like, pill dispensers where I have them all set out for the times of days. And, I mean, my palm would be full of medications. And the PCOS diet is geared toward controlling your blood sugar. So it's very low glycemic. I had no gluten, as it's high glycemic. No sugar, obviously. No caffeine, because that triggers high blood sugar. No potatoes. No rice. And no alcohol for an entire year. And then I started getting pregnant. So pretty quickly into PCOS diet, pregnancies happened. Wow. So real quickly, do you think the PCOS diet, I mean, would you, would you endorse it? Because it clearly got you pregnant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously my issues run deeper than just PCOS. Right. Right. Um, But for the average PCOS woman and even not struggling with infertility, if, you know, a lot of the women struggle with weight. Yeah. And I didn't anticipate the, you know, quote-unquote side effects of this diet being somebody who's not overweight. So I started 5'5", 130 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'm a curvier girl. I have, you know, boobs and hips. And I lost 20 pounds in two months. I was, it's just not my body type. What did you? I was skin and bones. What yeah. did you eat? Like, what were your meals like? And did you did Joel eat the same things you did, or did you? I mean, I just I'm fascinated by that that you just. Turned... I'm a, I'm a foodie married to a foodie, so <laughs> he did his best. Yeah. He tried really hard, but he loves food. He really does. the The weight of my husband's heart is in his tummy, <laughs> but he tried really hard. He tried really hard. I did a meal prep. So every Sunday, I'd spend about four hours in my kitchen making my meals for the entire week. So I had every three hours, I ate something that was totally scientific. It was the perfect blend of oats, protein, you know, raw honey, all of these different things to control my blood sugar. Chia seeds. Definitely the, the hardest part was coffee. Yeah. Like, if you're a coffee drinker, 
Can you imagine going an entire year without <laughs> coffee or tea? No. I couldn't function, I'll be honest. And that never got easier. For the first month, every time I would smell coffee, I'd get tears in my eyes. Ugh. And I know that sounds really silly, no. but I was so tired. And yeah. then, even like six months in, out of nowhere, I would smell coffee, and I would get really emotional. I think mostly because... Why do I have to do this? Yeah. Right. Why is my body not working? You were cutting off the things that you loved. Yeah. You were sacrificing. It just wasn't fair. So at this point, you've done the Clomid. You've tried to get into all these doctors. You've done the PCOS diet. And now you're starting to get pregnant. Yeah, now I'm starting to get pregnant. you to know just just so you know and I'm okay 
and I don't want this to shadow your morning at all. And so when I got there in the morning, you know, she just hugged me and kissed me on the cheek, and we just kept going. So that was number one, first pregnancy. First, you know, other than that ectopic. Right. I had, you know, that night with Joel and I, it's our anniversary. Obviously, our date's canceled. We go and get takeout, and we just, I just had my head in his lap and cried. But that's all I went through. Right. Because I just woke up the next morning and I got over it. I had to. Right. And so I never worked through those emotions. So PCOS diet strong, kept going, and got pregnant again about two months later. Oh, wow. And I had that miscarriage in Mexico. Oh, my gosh. While I was uh, snorkeling. I was on a boat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. When, when it came on, <laughs> not the best place. Right. right. <laughs> oh, my God. So then I'm in paradise, and I have friends with me. I can't ruin their trip. So we get back to the hotel. I go up to the room, and it's that whole, like, I might just be spotting. This happens. Right. I call my best friend, who has a baby, and she's like, friend, you can just spot. It could be nothing. Don't freak out. And then I had proof that it had happened. It it turned into more than just that. Right. And I just, you know, Joel and I cried for about five minutes and sat in the room and just talked about how unfair the whole thing was. And I walked downstairs to the bar and my friend was sitting there and how I told her, I just went up And I said to the bartender, can we have two shots of tequila? And he put down two shots, and she looked really confused. And I took mine, and she was just like, oh, Des. So that was number two. Yeah. So at this point, what was going through your head? What was emotionally, like, what were you going through at this point? I, it was so bad. But I really just tried to persevere through the trip because I couldn't ruin it for them. It couldn't be like, you know, I had already started out the trip with like nausea and not being able to drink. Right, right. And all of that stuff. Trying to stick to my diet, do all of that. Um, So I didn't want to then shadow their trip with just being so sad. So I, I, for the most part, just shoved it down again, shoved it down again. And then I thought, I got pregnant so fast. Right. Two months after that last one. So you continued. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got home, and I was like, let's get it cracking. Let's get back at it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then it, it didn't happen again. So, you know, the next month, you know, I get cramps, and obviously not pregnant and then the next month so that was January when the last miscarriage happened and then in April I just I lost my mind I can't even really explain what happened but it was like the only way to describe it was I felt like 
I was hanging off the edge of a cliff and I was holding on the sanity with my fingernails. You're just gripping on for anything you can find at this point. For anything. And I don't have a job where you could lose your mind. I have to be chipper for 10 to 15 people a day. And you have to also listen to everybody else's problems and be supportive and not talk about your problems. Exactly. And I feel like when you go through a health issue, I feel like people are, or or like a grief system, as they call them, which is basically what you're going through both at the same time, people are very quick to be like, oh, well, this worked for me. And I'm sure at this point, you know, you're years into this. And so you're hearing ad nauseum people's solutions. Well, have you tried this? Well, have you considered this? Oh my gosh. And so so then you get to the point where you're like, not only have I heard this from you probably more than once, but I've also heard it from everybody else. Like everybody's got a solution for like how to handle the grief. Everybody had a solution. Oh yeah, totally. I can uh, imagine. I would have probably freaked out and been like, do not talk to me. I know. I don't you're know. Like, what have I you done. done acupuncture? Yeah, oh my god. Uh-huh. You're like, or they're like times a week. Have you tried yoga? Yeah. Or they're uh-huh. like, Oh that, my day. sister my sister struggled with infertility for like three months and then she just like got pregnant. Like I'm sure, like this next time. Like it, it's right. totally there oh, for yeah. you. And you're like, die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In your Everybody. mind you're like, I know how to murder you. Yeah. Like, in my, like while you're sleeping, like, please stop talking to me. That's but exactly like, what it was like. Yeah. And then people would kind of rip apart my diet because I had gone so skinny. Right. So a lot of people in my life were like, this doesn't seem healthy. When it's really like super, super healthy. And I'm like, (laughs) well, actually, I'm eating nothing bad. I'm putting no garbage in my body. Um, I pretty much just cut out garbage. Right. And yeah, I'm really skinny, but I'm getting pregnant. Right. For the first yeah. time. Yeah. Right. So obviously, I'm doing something right. Right. So people will be like, when can you eat normal foods? Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm like, well, what's normal? Yeah. What is normal <laughs> to you? <laughs> what is normal to you? So it's about this time that I, when I wasn't working, I couldn't get out of bed. Ugh. So I would take numerous naps throughout the day and I literally felt like just this walking pit of despair and that is really repulsive to most people it was definitely a really dark spot in my marriage for sure men and women handle infertility in such a different way where for me I mean, if you're being honest, it's no one's fault, right? Right. Right. But then it is. It was my fault. And and I think that you can't work through it as a couple until you both admit, like, yeah, it's my fault. And I'm sorry. And he has to work through that anger himself because it's my fault. And I know that seems drastic and unfair because I can't help it but until you work through those feelings it can't you, you can't keep going right yeah you can't be married so sure. we we definitely had to go through lots of months 
and lots of, you know, it's hard to be my rock all the time. So he had this really difficult space he was in where he's married to a psycho who's super sad right all the time and there's not and and there's not a solution in place i mean even when you are getting pregnant it's not sticking and it's like how do we fix this where's the end yeah like yeah and yeah and how do we fix the resentment that's built up yeah to this point (laughs) because even when you do get pregnant let's say you do have like let's hypothetically say you get pregnant you have a kid whatever it is you still have gone through this year of just kind of oh yeah not being human and that doesn't go away I mean it's like yeah that's exactly right couples who fight about money well even when you get a bunch of money you still fought about money like that doesn't change how you treated each other exactly it's deeper and we had never been tested it was perfect and then it became real real fast I think and infertility how, is yeah. like, I don't know, I think infertility is a crazy issue too because when people get married, you don't even, like you're healthy people, you know, like you, you know, you're healthy people. I think Danielle said your husband's a nurse, correct? Yeah, he is. And so, and you have no reason to even question your infertility, but it's it's nothing that you can even go down that path of when you're dating or engaged. It's really the, yeah, the final frontier of like a relationship. Right, you don't know what oh, you're yeah. in for because like you can't predict the future. Yeah, even, and like oh, things yeah. we were talking about, like, money or cheating or like religious issues i mean that's all stuff you can is in the upfront to an extent yeah an extent also or at least you work through before you get married right. like it truly oh, yeah. is fertility truly is the final frontier and it is so out of your hands yeah and if, if that's you are exactly right and if you are type a and you want something so bad it makes it even more harder because you're fighting it's not oh, yeah. easy to just be like, let's just see what happens. Like, roll yeah. with the punches. Let's take, uh-huh. like, go where the wind takes us. It's like, like no, like, we got to fix this, and I want it now, oh, yeah. and we've got to do whatever it takes. Like, and, like, in year one, yeah, it was more like, all right, like this is gonna not happening. Happen. It's going to happen, though. <laughs> the universe has a plan, guys. But then year two, a little crazy. Year three. Little nuts. <laughs> did you ever think, just kind of as an aside, but did you ever think, like, and I don't even know or care to know your sexual history, but people who I've heard people say this before who have fertility issues that, like, they're like, you spend all those years, like, trying not to get pregnant, and, like, if I had, like, just known. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're just, like, oh, totally. so resentful of, like, your younger self who was, oh, like, yeah. so paranoid, and now <laughs> totally. you're, like. Totally. <laughs> Would I be in my college dorm room being, like, Sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then to find out, oh shoot, I can't get pregnant. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for the first part of our two part series um, as we discuss infertility with Mrs. Desiree Garcia. Um, be sure to check back in a few weeks for the second part of the series. Um, and also, be sure to stop by UrbanVibesRollRoots.com as well as Pinus Legus. Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And we will talk to you all soon. Thank you.